Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. Like the man said, I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Wednesday morning. And I appreciate you very much for being here. Don't forget to subscribe if you have not already. Pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review if you uh, have not already. Uh, the numbers say that a good bit of you listen on the website. We're glad that you're checking out supertalk.fm, but uh, there's a better way to listen to this. So again, podcast app, whichever one you use, I recommend Spotify, but uh, search for Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. Uh, busy day in Ole Miss sports land today. You've got baseball at 4 o'clock. you got basketball at 8 o'clock tonight, and uh, also Jackson Dart with a groundbreaking new NIL deal. We'll talk about that as well on this edition of the show. Follow me, social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, and uh, look forward to seeing you there. So let's start with basketball, actually, because uh, most people after the Mississippi State loss, uh, understandably so, uh, by, excuse me, not after the Mississippi State loss, after the South Carolina loss, sorry, uh, kind of, it, myself included, wrote the, the season off as, look, they're not going to make the tournament. Can they close strong, sneak into the NIT, stuff like that. And that's still, at this moment, probably the right thing to say, but are, are we so sure? So Joe Lenardi, Joey Brackett, still has Ole Miss listed among the next four out. So not on the bubble, but very close to the bubble. So as you guys know this, there's last four in, first four out, next four out. So Ole Miss still um, having an opportunity to play their self uh, onto the bubble here. Uh, th- that is, you know, it's still out there. As we talk about all the time, and I say all the time, the bubble is very bad. Teams on the bubble lose. It happens all the time. And so losing to South Carolina didn't just eliminate Ole Miss from NCAA tournament contention. Now, also, as you guys know, the problem with Ole Miss right now is the metrics don't really like them. The non-conference schedule is not doing them any favors at all. But still, a win tonight against Alabama will change Joe Lenardi's projections, I think. If it doesn't move them back into last four in, it will get them right up against that wall uh, again. Now, you, you know, you can't lose to Missouri you probably can't lose again, but at least they are still fighting, right? If you're Chris Beard this week, you can sell or you should be able to sell. Hey, look, we're on a losing streak. We haven't played great basketball, but you're still in this thing. Here's here's why. You're still in this win tonight and you're back on making the tournament track and stuff like that. You can you can get them to refocus. I think you can and and sell that. But something even more interesting Uh, Yesterday is Jerry Palm. So you have Joe Lenardi, who is ESPN's bracket guy. And then you have Jerry Palm, who is CBS's bracket guy. And this is yesterday. I'm checking the date again just to make sure. February 27th, Jerry Palm has Ole Miss listed among the last four in the field. Uh, 
I'm not kidding. Last four in, Ole Miss, Gonzaga, Utah, and Wake Forest. First four out, Texas, Seton Hall, Providence, and Oregon. Again, not great teams uh, on the bubble, uh, although Gonzaga does have that win over Kentucky, and they've got the brand power, uh, of course. But that kind of blew my mind, frankly, yesterday, to see the, the discrepancy between those two guys and to see Ole Miss on the, at least according to one very popular bracketologist, if you will, have Old Miss still among the, the teams in the field as of this moment. I would love to know where or why that discrepancy exists the way it does, because uh, that's a pretty wide gap between those two. So what is Palm seeing that Lenardi's not, or what is Lenardi seeing that, that Palm is not? I, I don't know. But very clearly, Ole Miss still is playing meaningful basketball right now. They have to win tonight, at least it feels that way. But they're still playing a game with NCAA tournament implications right now at the end of February. They still have a chance here. And Alabama is such a difficult team to defend. Um, Ole Miss is really struggling shooting the basketball lately, and and that was really not a great matchup for an Alabama team that can score like an NBA team. I, I understand all that. It's a very tall task tonight. Absolutely it is. But the tournament appears to still be there for them. And so can they play well? Can they protect their home floor and continue on this possibility of making the tournament? Again, as we talked about after the South Carolina game, things haven't looked right for them lately. It's just not, it's just felt different watching them. They don't look the same. And I don't think it's just the scouting reports are out on them now. I think there's, there's a little bit more to it than that, whether it be a crisis of confidence or something like that. But they still have a chance here. Can they beat Alabama tonight? It's a very, very tall task. Uh, Unfortunately, this Alabama team, again, doesn't match up with them well. But they're still in it. And so if you have a chance to go to the game tonight, I would recommend you do it. Uh, The the fact that still, even with the losing skid that they are on right now, with the kind of string of poor play that they're on right now, uh, the fact that we can still have this conversation on February 28th is, uh, is a meaningful step in year one, in my opinion. So... You were asking for meaningful basketball. You've still got it tonight. Uh, we'll see if they can tame that high-flying Alabama offense or really high-shooting Alabama offense and, and get a win. They can win this game. We'll see if they are actually able to do it. But again, Jerry Palm yesterday, Ole Miss listed among the last four in. That uh, is definitely... <laughs> Uh, noteworthy for sure. It's not over just yet. We'll see if they can capitalize on the opportunity that Alabama presents them tonight. We'll get to Jackson Dart. We'll get to baseball after I tell you the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online. ABSMS.com. That's the website if your Mississippi business is in the market for office technology. Anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, IT projects, phone systems. If it's tech in the office and your Mississippi business needs it, check them out online absms.com. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. Advantage Business Systems, absms.com. When I'm done recording here, it's a little early. They might not be open. But when I'm done recording here, I'm going to head over to my Priority One Bank location. Priority One Bank is also a proud partner of this podcast. They make you their priority with local loan servicing and decision-making. If, uh, if you need a loan or, or need your loan serviced, you're not going to hop on the phone 
uh, with somebody out of state or have to get on Zoom uh, to talk to somebody uh, four states over. It's somebody in your backyard. And when I go in there later, I'm setting up a separate savings account for uh, if you guys really want me to be totally honest with you. I'm starting to save up uh, so uh, my son and I can go to the World Cup in Seattle here in a couple years and, and watch uh, Team USA. So I'm setting up a separate savings account to just drop money in there when I can so I can uh, afford flights, which I might as well take out a second mortgage. But I'm going to do that at, prim- at my Priority One Bank location. They make me their priority. They will do the same for you. Check them out today at one of their 16 locations here in Mississippi. So, uh, Jackson Dart. I think this is more. I think there's more depth to this than just Ole Miss's quarterback signing an NIL deal. But let's tell you what it is anyway. Jackson Dart. You guys probably saw the news already. Uh, if you have not, you must be living under a rock. But that's okay. I'm here to inform you. Uh, Ole Miss's quarterback inked rating from on three an endorsement deal with Nicholas Air, making it a making it the first partnership of its kind, facilitated by Everett Sports Marketing's Jeff Hoffman. The deal calls for Dart to have hours using Nicholas Ayer's fleet of private jets for travel, training, and philanthropy. As you guys know this, it's not the the first private jet company that Dart and the Ole Miss football team has uh, has had. They have that uh, Brander Group deal with Wheels Up that involves all of Ole Miss's athletes. They get discounted flights and and stuff like that. So that, that has already been known, but this is a little bit different. And by a little bit different, I mean a lot of bit different. This is a first of its kind. No other college football player uh, has a deal with a private jet company. This is a first of its kind. And so, number one, uh, really happy for Jackson. He is a transfer portal success story. Uh, He has earned this. Uh, There's a lot of discourse about players and NIL deals and the the lack of earning it. Uh, You can't say that about Jackson. Uh, Jackson uh, comes to Ole Miss and, and has become a star in college football, led Ole Miss to their first 10-win regular season in program history. He, as you guys know, is a, a culture builder. Uh, he is uh, very much the, the leader of that team. So on top of being a, a quality player, uh, he is uh, kind of the guy uh, that has led that team uh, to that 10-win season and the Peach Bowl win and all that. You guys know that. So he has earned this. He is marketable. He's smart. Uh, he's a great player. This is what as people say, NIL was quote-unquote supposed to be. And so you got to be happy for, for the guy because he has earned this. Some college football players, when they're uh, high schoolers, they agree to a multi-million dollar deal like the quarterback at Tennessee who's never taken a meaningful snap and he's getting paid uh, crazy. That's not the case here. Dart has very much earned this opportunity. He's very marketable and, and he'll get more of these. He's on all the off-season Heisman lists and things like that. Now, the, the details are slim on exactly what this deal is. Uh, for example, Steve Sarkeesian's uh, contract has his private jet hours uh, that are given to him free. They're, they're 20 hours a year is what he gets. So you would assume darts is, uh, is less than 20. But uh, regardless, this is a big deal for Jackson. I think that also it's uh, a big deal for Ole Miss as well. And here's what I mean by that. So when NIL first became a thing, you guys remember, there's no way you can forget, the um, 
the the fear mongering is is what I've called it from most people in sports media about how oh no NIL is going to make it to where only the big programs get all the players and uh, the all the the little guys and the the non brand programs are going to completely fail and the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer and as we talked about on the radio show basically every day. That makes absolutely no sense. It made absolutely no sense at the time because the college football playoff era had been so exclusive to just a handful of programs, you could not possibly have less parity than college football had at the time. If anything, this was going to even the playing field a little bit. Certainly wouldn't have made uh, any difference. And uh, that's a, applying logic to the situation, and uh, a lot of people in in my business don't do that, and they just scream from the mountaintops about how how Alabama's just going to get richer, and and all the other programs are just going to fall off, and it never made any sense. But that was the talking point. That was the narrative around NIL, and when they were talking about the big programs benefiting and the small programs not, they were not looping Ole Miss in one of the programs that were going to benefit. They weren't talking about Ole Miss when it came to that. Ole Miss, nationally, before, I mean, just generally speaking, nationally is not viewed as a big program, right? It's the brands, it's Texas, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's USC. That, that's what they, these people were talking about. The rich getting richer, it was them that, oh, now that NIL's here, only a very small few programs are going to be able to benefit from this. Sure enough, that was garbage. You're seeing it with collective fundraising at Ole Miss, Missouri, Louisville. Programs are taking advantage that are not traditional powers, Blue Bloods, whatever, and they're capitalizing. And you're also seeing Blue Blood programs not capitalize like Florida um, and and look at the disaster that they have created for themselves. Um, It's almost like that was hysteria the entire time. However, that was the narrative out there. And so what this deal to me means for Ole Miss uh, proves that not only is the collective popular and the fan base bought in on NIL, but if you're Lane Kiffin and Charlie Weiss Jr., you can go into the living room of the next quarterback that you're recruiting or a wide receiver or, or whoever, but you can go into living rooms now and say, you don't have to go to Georgia. You don't have to go to USC. You can come play quarterback at Ole Miss and sign a private jet deal, the first of its kind. You can be marketable in such a way at Ole Miss. They're going to pay you because the collective pays, uh, and they pay well, clearly, with the number one portal class and all that. But you can go to Ole Miss when it's an attractive, flashy program at the moment, But you can be marketable beyond just what a collective is going to pay you. And there are a lot of people around the country, I I keep saying this because it bears repeating in my opinion, that did not think that this kind of thing was possible. There are people that thought that Ole Miss, programs like Ole Miss were going to completely fail in this era. Here they are with the number one transfer portal class, a preseason top 10 ranked team going into 2024, and a quarterback that is signing deals with private jet companies. That, to me, speaks volumes about what you can do at Ole Miss. And a lot of people didn't think that was possible. But now Kiffin can go sell that to people. Now now Charlie Weiss Jr. can go sell that to people. Pete Golding can go sell that to people. 
Billy Glasscock, the new general manager, can sell that to people, et cetera, et cetera. That, to me, is a huge, huge deal. I mean, Ole Miss is already thriving in this era relative to what people thought they were going to, but this is just another example of the changing of the perception of the program, thanks in part to Lane Kiffin, but also the collective you, the fans. This is just another example of that. So really cool stuff there. Really happy for Jackson, but more importantly, I think that this means a lot for the the Ole Miss football program. So... Lastly, we've got baseball to talk about. There's another game happening at 4 o'clock today, and so uh, that'll uh, that'll be fun for you. If you live in Oxford or around Oxford, or you're going to double up, that's actually that's such a fun day. I remember these as a student, and they were just freaking awesome. So you get to go to the baseball game, uh, pound beers in the outfield, and then when the baseball game ends, you just walk on over to the pavilion and watch a basketball game. These are one of the few incredible double-up days that, that you have the opportunity to do, and so I hope you guys uh, take advantage of that because you should. We'll see what happens today, but I do have a quick thought about what happened yesterday. Ole Miss beat Little Rock 12-6. to It's a midweek game. Th- those are usually just kind of, okay, it happened and you move on. That's kind of the mentality I'm, I'm going to take here, too. However, there's a little bit more uh, to it. So Ole Miss really mashed the baseball yesterday. You had four different guys hit home runs. It was Fisher, Ross, Furness, and Burford all hit home runs. You had a pair of doubles as well from Burford and Ross. Jackson Ross has just been uh, just awesome uh, for, for Ole Miss so far. What a great pickup he's been. But Groff had three hits. Fisher had two hits. Uh, Leger didn't have any, which is uh, out of character for him, considering how he's started the year as well. But Ross had three. Furness had one that went over the fence. Luke Hill even got a hit yesterday. Udemark had a hit. Burford had a pair. Um, th- they hit the baseball well yesterday, and they pitched it okay. Uh, Mendez, uh, you can tell that he's got stuff that will end up being good with time. At least I think so. Uh, struck out five and three complete. Gave up a couple of runs and um, walked to 58 pitches in three innings. Not particularly efficient. So uh, Mitch Morell had, had a really good pair of innings uh, to close. Had a couple of strikeouts. Didn't give up uh, a hit or a run. So there's that. Uh, but I think what yesterday told me anyway is that we can now, or at least the, the last three games, maybe have calmed everything down a a little bit because taking big things away from beating High Point uh, would be stupid, in my opinion. Um, Others are are free to disagree or do that, but there's nothing really to take away from beating down High Point. Now, Tennessee struggled a little bit with them last night, for what it's worth, but uh, beating High Point is what you're supposed to do. Beating them badly is what you're supposed to do. Beating Little Rock by six is what you're supposed to do, but that in and of itself, is noteworthy uh, to, to me because they haven't looked like this up until Saturday uh, against High Point where it seemed like they exercised some demons uh, at the plate. I have no idea what this team's ceiling is. I have no idea how good they can be. I have no idea if they're capable of winning 14 SEC games, which is what they're going to need to make the tournament, and they really can't lose many more midweek games if they're going to, or or non-conference games if they're going to. But the last three games have looked right. 
And that is important. Yesterday looked right. That's what you're supposed to do with Little Rock in the midweek. Hopefully, after today, I can tell you that it looked the same uh, again. But things have calmed down a little bit. The, the Luke Hill stuff is behind them. The students aren't booing him anymore. People have kind of forgotten about that or moved on. Um, they're hitting the baseball well. The averages have evened out, by the way. So remember, you know, this time last week after the Arkansas State loss, what the averages were uh, in this lineup. But Ross is 464, uh, Leger is 385, Groff is 333, Andrew Fisher's up to 270, Furness is not playing every day, but he's up to 250. Uh, so things have kind of settled in a little bit. Now they still need more from, from Luke Hill and they still need more from Trayson Hughes. Uh, th- those guys are really struggling still at the moment, but. The averages have come up a little bit. They're hitting the baseball a little bit more. Uh, had a cleaner day in the field. No errors yesterday for Ole Miss. Maybe things have calmed down a, a little bit, and they're starting to relax and and just kind of play baseball and look the way they were supposed to look uh, to this point. I haven't changed what I think about the outcome of the season is going to be yet. I'm not sure that Iowa's going to give us the best test either. Now, Friday night, they're throwing a guy that Kendall Rogers told us on the radio show yesterday, uh, possibly going to be a top 10 pick, and the guy throws gas. And so that'll be a real test for this Ole Miss lineup. But if he kind of shuts them down, that's not an indicator of bad things to come either. So they're kind of in this spot where if you're looking at them the right way, in my opinion, you like that things have settled in and they're winning games the way they're supposed to but you're still not yet sure of what their ceiling is going to be. But maybe that's okay for right now. I think that is okay for right now. They're just taking care of business over the last three games. Let's see if that will continue. That is a good thing, though, I think, that it's starting to look right uh, again. We'll just have to wait and see and find out what their ceiling actually is. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will obviously do a... uh, a basketball reaction show. Also talk about the baseball game today as well. So be on the lookout for that uh, tomorrow. And then we'll do a live chat tomorrow night as well. So two episodes coming your way tomorrow. And uh, be on the lookout for that. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I'll, uh, I'll talk to you after the basketball game. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.